You're listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number four, three, four. Hello and welcome back to the Outdoor Station and this the first of the eight-part series which covers my recent 120-mile walk on the Devon coast to coast from Wembury in the south to Lynmouth in the north. Undertaken at the end of April 2017, my intention was to treat the journey from the perspective of a lightweight backpacker, wild camping where possible with a sub 8 kilo pack using a small tarp and bivy bag for shelter. As you'll hear through the journey, the weather on the whole was good, but the wild camping presented a series of challenges and you'll hear my solution each night as the story unfolds. I used the Yellow Publications Laminated 2 Map series and the new Cicerone 2 Moors Way as my guide. Both were invaluable. You'll find more supporting information and photos on the Outdoor Station website and I'm currently editing a video which will be released shortly showing even more detail. In my last podcast, I recorded my gear choice and preparations for the trip. The final podcast in the Two Moors Way series is a review of all the gear used with comments on how it performed. So join me now on Tuesday the 25th of April 2017 at Wembury, just a few miles away from Plymouth on the lovely south coast of the UK. I'm standing beneath the sign which says coast to coast, Lynmouth, 117 miles. The initial part of the trail is the Urn Plym Trail before it joins the Two Moors Way, uh, but most people consider the Two Moors Way now to start from here, this beach in Wembury. Getting here has been very painless compared to getting to the coast in Scotland for start the TGO. Uh, caught the train down to Plymouth, uh, came out of the railway station at 521, Caught the taxi, 15 pounds later and 20 minutes, I'm standing on the beach in Wembury, ready to start. It's uh, a great, a great start, and the, the weather gods are in my favour today. It's a, it's a brilliant spring, British spring day. In other words, between the clouds, when the sun comes out, it's glorious, and you think, oh, almost time for a t-shirt, and then the moment it goes in, it's like, oh, perhaps not, it's still a little bit chilly. And uh, there's a cool breeze, but not too much of a breeze. Uh, the forecast is pretty good. It has um, hardly rained at all the last week or so, so I'm hoping for dry paths. And then the next few days, the forecast is a little bit of rain during the days, but unfortunately almost zero temperatures at night. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge, and, and, and with that in mind, I did actually sling in my uh, Primaloft Prism, Montane Prism trousers, uh, just thinking that uh, we were camping at the weekend at the Backpackers Club AGM and that certainly got cool at night and I thought well prudence is a better part of valour and I'll chuck in the insulated trousers and that's exactly what I did uh, and that's the only thing on top of the list which you can find over on the Outdoor Station website of course there is a list of all the equipment and the weights and by the time you probably listen to this I will have added the trousers to that list as well anyway but as I say, a fairly painless start. What time is it now? It's uh, just gone two o'clock. 
and so I really need to stop nattering and, and get going. I'm just about to do a bit of a video clip. I'm hoping to video this journey as well and start the introduction with where I am and, and obviously where I'm heading to and share the whole experience with everybody, especially as it is going to be or intended to be wild camping all the way which obviously is uh, frowned upon in places if you're not careful. So I intend to be very careful and very stealth when I need to. Not sure, too sure where I'm camping tonight. Aiming to get as close to Ivy Bridge as I can, depending on the time and obviously the weather. Uh, I've got some sandwiches and some um, initial provisions with me now, and I hope to pick up some pasties or whatever in Yelmton, um, and hopefully that'll suffice tonight. Although I do have six days' worth of food, I wasn't really intending on cooking the first night. just wanted to sort of get going and get settled and get into a routine. You know what it's like. You come away from home and your head's still full of, well, in my case, septic tanks, digging trenches and concrete bases. Uh, and I'm glad to be getting away from that, but it's going to take me a few days to uh, untune from my uh, daily concerns uh, and get into enjoying the walk for what it is. And certainly tomorrow, if all goes to plan, Ivy Bridge uh, should be hitting Dartmoor proper uh, and enjoying some remote countryside as I wander and follow the trail, which is a well-marked trail, apparently, and it's also well-marked on various maps. So if you have any mapping software, or even go to the Two Moors Way uh, website, .co.uk, I think that uh, gives you even more details. So I hope to be filling in a few gaps for everybody, uh, sharing the journey, and you can come wild camping with me for the next few days. I'm, I'm anticipating it'll be about a week, give or take. But obviously it all depends what happens between the beginning and the end. As they say, the journey of a million miles starts with one step. And in this case, it's 117 miles, so I better get cracking. Well, it looks like I've caught it just right. As I say, a beautiful spring day, but I'm just walking through, well, I've just come down the path which took me through a valley of bluebells uh, and completely awash with bluebells, uh, which is a, a beautiful, uh, well, it's always a British springtime thing, isn't it? There's an old sign here saying conservation walks, but I just thought I'd share. What an attractive start. What an attractive start to the walk. Pheasants chirping in the background. And hopefully the wind's not bothering the mic too much. As I head out now into open farmland. And as I said at the beginning, the weather was... Uh, the weather is good. It's is really nice. Typical spring weather. And as soon as the sun ducks in, it gets a bit chilly. But I've already stripped off to my uh, T-shirt, which... I anticipate walking in most of the time really so I'll swap my beanie for my cap and put some suntan lotion on because it's the sort of weather that can burn you really badly without expecting it and now I'm looking out at a ooh, 20 or 30 acre field which is as you can probably just hear covered in cattle and I think that's the path there that looks well trodden ahead of me so I shall just carry on meandering. It's just gone three o'clock now, which, thinking about it, if I'd caught the bus from Plymouth, that's the time I would have got into Wembury, and I still would have had a couple of miles walk to get down to the beach. So the taxi was a good option, really. got me going straight away, and it also enabled me to start the recording and get things 
going from that point of view. I'm not too sure tonight how far I'll get. As I say, I'm sort of aiming for before Ivy Bridge, but I definitely want to get to Yelmpton. And looking at the map, I've covered probably a third of the distance in the last, what, half hour or so. So that should be fairly straightforward. Charge my phone battery and uh, perhaps have a bite to eat or something, and then head out to try and find a secluded spot. But before, certainly before 7 o'clock, uh, if possible, um, although that's a good time for dog walkers, so I need to be fairly prudent about where I pitch up. Anyway, I'm walking across this field, as I say, glorious sunshine, but as you do in England, avoiding the cowpats. It's all part of the fun. It's now just gone five o'clock and I'm looking down at Yelmton. I'm on the last field before I drop down into the big city. I'm told there's a pub here, which obviously will offer refreshments. I don't think there's a chippy. There should be a shop, and I think that's probably about it from what I understand. So my dilemma is, do I go to the pub, have a meal there, and some refreshments and use the facilities, and charge my phone, which is only at 80%, but it's been really useful today, as usual, getting out of of Wembury, actually, and some of the paths, there were so many paths to take that the route buddy thing really did pay off, so that was worth having. So I've had that on most of the day in flight mode. And the wind's just picked up now. You can't hear it, but it was really blowing through the trees, so I've put the insulation back on. Or do I go to the shop and pick up some refreshments, as in pasties or something like that, and then keep going? There isn't, it actually isn't that far to Ivy Bridge. I can see some squalls of rain in the distance hovering over the Ivy Bridge area. I think I'll probably get some food and keep going, uh, because I know what I'll do. If I have, uh, have something to drink and, and eat at the pub, I'll stop completely, which is not what I want at all. So I want to get as far as I can, really, towards Ivy Bridge. I think there's a village called Ermington which is nearby and I've spotted some woods which look fairly remote away from sort of dog walking areas. So that was the, I've penciled that in mentally as a place to try and if that doesn't look any good I'll just sort of keep going. But I really want to be, be comfortable and out of sight and sorted by certainly by 7 o'clock. The sun is, is definitely going down now. It's, it's not close to the horizon but it's it's starting to drop lower and obviously that, that's the reason the temperature has started to drop as well. So I think I'll pop down there, go and see what the uh, shop offers me and uh, as a sort of a takeaway, I'll probably munch on that tonight rather than cook anything. I'm more concerned with, with just getting sorted. I think the first night is important, just get that sorted, get some rest and not overdo it so I can enjoy Dartmoor tomorrow. Right, let's see what Yellington's got to offer. When you sign up for the Outdoor Station newsletter, you have the option to give us feedback on our shows. You also have the opportunity to suggest people of interest you would like to hear more about. You can also suggest UK campsites, which you feel may be unique, and cottage manufacturers who would appreciate a little exposure to a wider audience. The Outdoor Station, sharing the passion, appreciation and understanding for the outdoors world. Well, forgive me, Father, before I have sinned. 
I compromised. I did a bit of both. I went to the shop and uh, topped up with a bit of food for later. And then I went to the pub for a quick, well, one of my five a day, basically. A pint of Guinness, bowl of chips, and used their Wi-Fi uh, and electricity to top things up. So it's 6.30 now, a bit later than I'd hoped, really. It's still quite a pleasant evening, but the temperature has dropped. And everybody's telling me how cold it's going to be tonight, uh, which I fully expect. But what has come as a surprise is I can feel rain as I walk next to the stream leaving uh, Yelmton. And there's like that little mist of water hitting me, which is a bit annoying. Um, so well, here it comes now. It's just going to blow over. I can keep going then. I want to get a few more miles in really before I actually bed down. I've got a place in mind which is far enough between suburbia and industrial sites to hopefully not be troubled. But we'll just have to wait and see. So, as I say, 6.30, plodding on. It'll probably, looking at it, be at least 7.30 to 8 o'clock before I can settle down so we'll see what is on offer at that time well it's 7.45 now and I have to say my legs are tired and I really could do with getting my head down however the area that I thought would be ideal, and I'm just currently walking through, which is a sort of uh, shale farm track, also would be the preparations for Holberton Open Gardens and Point to Point. Of course, I forgot it was bank holiday this weekend, this weekend, when I sort of was planning this. There's quite a few events going on bank holiday weekend, bank holiday May. Uh, and this is one of them. So um, I'm currently walking past lines of portaloos and marquees and a fenced-off point-to-point track and signs saying parking this way. So I don't think I'll try this area and I will keep going, which is a shame because it's uh, the last of the sun is, is behind me. And it is casting a lovely glow across the landscape. It's been a good day today, actually. It's been a really good day. The weather's been good. I've just walked through swathes and banks of wild garlic and rapeseed oil. The smell has just been fantastic. And then there's been the bluebells and the chestnuts and the sycamores. It's been a, a wonderful day's walk. It really has. And I'm glad it was dry because there was one or two spots where farm tractor had really gouged out some big ditches. So it would have been pretty foul going through there. So what would make a perfect ending to a perfect day would be to find a nice, subtle little spot to bed down for the night. And as there looks like there's a lot of preparation and activity going on for the point to point this weekend, I think I better uh, move on. 
What a lovely, uh, lovely evening. Lovely evening. This is such a English countryside sort of look at the moment. The sun setting, casting the long shadows through the chestnut trees and the oak trees. A point to point all laid out around the area. Not a soul to be seen. I am walking past a couple of cottages, mind. But not a soul to be seen. In fact, I must take a picture so I've got this to put in the video. Anyway, I'm going to keep plodding on. I really could do with finding somewhere within the next half hour. Finally, I've set myself up now. It's nine o'clock and I will admit to being really tired. It's been hard trying to find a spot, mainly because every field was either full of sheep or cattle which means that a farmer will be along early to look after them. With sheep, um, I'm more concerned about ticks and um, just generally sleeping in sheep muck. Um, but the worst part is just because the nature of the terrain, it's so undulating, um, finding a flat spot that doesn't have either of the above using it, it's pretty difficult. Anyway, I... Um, as you can hear the roads in the background um, I've eventually found a, a conifer copse uh, rather than the sycamores and the chestnuts we've seen so far today and uh, just out of sheer exhaustion I've managed to just take myself slightly off the track and find a flat bit in uh, a very sleep, steep sloping conifer uh, wood really um, I'm ooh, only a few yards away from the actual footpath itself but I've pitched the tarp between me and the footpath so if anybody comes past obviously they're not necessarily looking for anything there's no colour to be seen apart from green and they would have to be observant and also to be honest it's 9 o'clock now the sun's gone down and it's highly unlikely that anybody's going to be around until first thing tomorrow morning by which time I hope I am gone but I think I'm certainly going to sleep well today. The last couple of hours has been really hard work. But I suppose that's the curse that you have to take into account with wild camping. Because obviously the pitch late, leave early routine is important. I have to admit I am so tired that my bag is a complete mess. I've just managed to get out what I need. I've got out the uh, Primaloft trousers just in case I need it. But to be honest, the temperature is nowhere near as bad as it was earlier on. Now there's a thing called catabatic air, which is where the warm air rises from a town and the mountain air, cold air, drops and it meets in the middle. And if you catch it right, it can actually be a, a reasonable temperature, which is where I'm at at the moment. Although I haven't said that, I've just stopped pitching the tarp and doing all the bits, so I'm naturally a bit warm anyway. But it's too dark to take any videos or any pictures of the setup, so... I will do that tomorrow morning, all being well, and we will see if the promised frost or one degree uh, that is promised for tonight actually arises. But I've got everything wrapped up and covered in bags, and I'll have all, you know, well, basically everything, everything ancillary to me is in a, in a bag, one bag to one side, which has got everything in it. So should I need to grab and go, obviously I can do. But at this stage, I'm highly unlikely that uh, that might be the case. So wish me luck, and I will see you tomorrow.
tomorrow. Although day one was a short day with a late start, I still managed to cover 17.5 kilometers, or almost 11 miles, before bedding down in the wood. As it happened, it was the warmest place that night, as in the morning, all the open fields were thick with a heavy, crisp frost. Well, that's the sound of my early morning alarm. It's uh, 20 past five and light is just starting to creep into this wood and I can just start to see now my surroundings a bit more. The sun hasn't quite come up yet, but as you can hear, the dawn chorus has kicked in, which is always a nice alarm. Early morning alarm. Um, well, I still I have to say I still feel a bit exhausted. I didn't sleep particularly well. I slept fitfully. Um, it felt at some stage I wasn't sleeping at all. I don't know what was going through my head or uh, or what, but I just couldn't. Uh, I couldn't seem to switch off completely, which is a shame. Which means I'm a bit tired this morning, to say the least. But I'm going to lie here for another half hour or so until there's a bit more light I can see what I'm doing and I'll try and start packing up sort of six, half past six I think and get going I'm not that far from Ivy Bridge probably half an hour I should guess I'm not in any rush so I'll try and get into Ivy Bridge around uh, well around eight o'clock I guess find a place to have some breakfast recharge my batteries and get a decent cup of tea I'm looking forward to camping proper on Dartmoor tonight. If nothing else, I feel I can stop a bit earlier if I can find a good spot and get past that guilty feeling that you do when you're wild camping, which was probably part of the uh, part of the concerns last night. But I need to finish a lot earlier today and, and actually just rest, perhaps do some cooking or... or um, enjoy the camping as I, I like to do anyway so I haven't checked the map out yet I can't see anything when I do do I'll, uh, I'll need to plan ahead but I've got to remember really I've got plenty of time to do this walk it's not like the TGO where you sort of keep pushing on and pushing on and keep pushing on I'm not in any hurry I've got plenty of time and the last thing I want to do in some respects is get to Lynmouth with two or three days in hand because it can just be an expensive period of time, obviously uh, just entertaining yourself and perhaps finding some accommodation. I have got a hotel booked for the last night, which is next um, Wednesday, a week today. So I've got seven days to, to get there, so more than enough time really. So I shall just sit back and um, listen to this dawn chorus. I can't see any evidence of any frost last night. It did get cold, but it didn't get as cold as I was anticipating. But I did sleep with my trousers on and my generator smock on as well. And I did have two hats on and a buff. I did work at Wake a few times with a cold nose. But otherwise it was fine. It was fine. As I say, just um, just didn't sleep particularly well, very fitfully. 
So I'm going to sit back and listen to this beautiful chorus, wait for a little bit more light, and then kickstart myself to get moving again. I need to sort my rucksack out, actually. That's a complete mess last night. I was so tired, I just managed to get out what I needed, and then I couldn't find anything, as it were, so I need to lay it all out and pack it again properly. Right, well, I'll uh, catch you a bit later on. Well, it's just gone 6.30. Everything's all sorted and packed away. And having come out of the woods onto the field where the sheep are, I'll have to make my way down to the next section of the road. Gosh, it's been a hard frost down here. So I've been very lucky last night. Now I camped in just the right spot. As I say, the catabatic air, something worth looking up and Googling, paid off. Although it was chilly, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't this frosty chilly. But it is uh, a lovely time of year to do this. If nothing else, just seeing the spring lambs out, running around you. The whole country comes alive again after the dullness and bleak greyness of, of winter. And certainly the vibrant colour of the oilseed rape, the, the yellow. And as I say, the wild garlic and the bluebells, it's a glorious time of year and talking of glory the sun is peeking over the top of the trees as I walk towards this gate and the line of frost has been slowly eroded as the sun does its job I'm just chomping on a what am I chomping on a ham and cheese sandwich which I picked up from the lovely lady actually in the in the shop in the village and she was very good she offered me water and she'd heard about the walk heard about the route apparently the people have been trying to get them to get behind it a bit more all the local villages the route passes through so I explained she was in the Cicerone guide and she was most impressed oh what a lovely feeling that is that sunshine anyway I'm going to carry on munching on my sandwich keep me going got a mile or so to go I think before I get to Ivybridge and then I'll enjoy some breakfast there just as an aside if you're thinking of doing this if you start off in the morning uh, rather than sort of two three o'clock that I started off you'd easily make Ivybridge in a day and it'd be a lovely walk too The clock's just struck eight and I'm now sitting in glorious sunshine by the Ivy Bridge Leisure Centre next to a stream and overlooking their football pitch and the sun is beaming down on me and warming me up somewhat. So I've removed all my gloves and my hat and my spine trousers which have been keeping my legs warm as I started off this morning uh, with that chilly frosty start but um, a blue sky a few clouds in the sky but generally uh, the majority is blue and obviously the sun is uh, doing what it does best so it could be a good day it could be a hot day actually so I've got to make sure I'm, I'm prepared I'm now about to head into Ivy Bridge as I say to try and find somewhere for breakfast 
but more importantly to try and find the tourist information centre where I can sign the official book for the Two Moors Way and then I sign out at the other end at Lynmouth uh, at their tourist information centre as well and thus my name is carved into immortality for this particular walk yeah a bit sleepy this morning as I say not the best night's uh, rest but I shall probably see how I get on today find a nice spot I might get my head down for an hour or so around lunchtime just have a doze in the sunshine if it's as pleasant as it is now and then if I can possibly I presume I'll be wild camped somewhere on Dartmoor so I'll probably stop a lot earlier and make the most of the camping experience but I will pick up a bit later on I guess Well, we're finally onto open ground at last, Harford Moor, and it's 10.30. I called into the uh, tourist information. That's cunningly disguised as the local town office, and the big tourist information sign doesn't exist anymore, which is a bit confusing. But anyway, I called in there, and they no longer have the book to sign for the Two Moors Way. I was devastated. My name will not go down in immortality. Apparently they're um, they're relaunching the Two Moors Way this year, 2017. So whether it's Devon South Devon or some other organisation, but they put some effort into it. And to be fair, the signs that I've seen, a lot of them are very new and pretty clear. Just one or two places yesterday across odd fields that were slightly confusing. As you can probably hear behind me, the wind has picked up. I've just spoken to somebody coming down off the off the hills, and they said it's very cold and fresh up there. So I'm just deliberating whether to take off this generator smock, which is obviously Pertex, but also um, Primaloft, which is making me rather warm, to say the least, and swapping it for my uh, spine, the Montane spine, which, although being a waterproof, it's actually only a bit heavier than a windproof, and I don't have a windproof with me. So I certainly need something, and I think that will be it. I shall get out my carbon Skyrunner poles and uh, do a little bit of housekeeping just get a few things sorted so they're sitting nicely in the pack and I've also got some munches to hand and then I'm going to head off to Holne which is about 13 miles away so yeah all being well two three-ish this afternoon something like that but it's a fantastic day for walking and so Provani I don't get lost I shall be fine I've obviously got my route buddy anyway but I've also got the official Two Moors Way map which I'm about to dig out of the pack. That's part of my housekeeping. I have that strapped to me so that I'm confident where I am at all times. So unless I have anything other exciting to report or or mention or discuss, I am going to uh, disrobe, swap over and get ready. I think I'll just do a quick video clip as well. I'll speak to you later. Isn't that a wonderful sound? A skylark. You really do know you're on the hills when you hear a skylark. Oh, almost at the top of my first climb. Just a steady incline, really. But it's enough to get the heart racing first thing in the morning. And actually looking back towards the coast, I can see the sea. As my kids used to say to me, I can see the sea. And the big patches of oil seed rape 
yellow patterns dotting the blanket that lies before me. Patchwork blanket that rolls out between here and the sea. Anyway, enough romantic speak from me. Let's crack on. You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk Award-winning producers of podcasts to inform, inspire and entertain lovers of the great outdoors everywhere. Well, I've decided to have a break at a place on the map called Loft Lake Mines. Which is a uh, well, obviously it was mining buildings. So it's its remnants, the remains of a building that's obviously been broken down or destroyed or deliberately taken apart. So it's actually quite good. It's nice, comfortable. There's, there's uh, semi walls still left standing, and I'm sitting behind one out of the wind, which is uh, makes a pleasant break. And the wind's been a consistent chill head on basically which is uh, which is fine and the combination of just the jacket and, and a t-shirt has been good as well for the speed I was walking there's not much I can say about the walk really it's a bit boring to be honest across the top of the moor was interesting and then you sort of join a, um, a metal road track or a hardcore track rather and I've had a few cyclists mountain bikers come past me it'd be a nice cycle ride certainly it won't take very long the track is basically the main route now that goes through to uh, where it descends to Holm, which I guess Holm's about 12k away from where I am, according to the map, something like that. So I've decided to treat myself and first of all get my shoes and socks off because I realised that I actually haven't taken my socks off for two days uh, and give my feet a bit of an airing. I can stick some of the wonderful magical foot balm on there, um, foot cream on there rather before I set off which will be a treat for my feet but I think it also just airing them's good I mean I didn't get them wet in the last 24 hours or dusty or dirty so I haven't had to worry about the footbeds but obviously just trudging along this road's taking its toll so I shall uh, look after my feet and of course my big treat now is to dive into my monster pasty my monster cheese and onion pasty Pea Wiglet would be proud of me she's powered on pasties uh, but it'd be good to get rid of some weight as well. So I'm um, going to eat my way through that. Some fruit that I brought with me in a bar. And as I say, have a rest for half an hour or so. Uh, recharge my batteries and give my feet a good rest. Uh, yeah, actually, they do look a bit red around the toes. So uh, a good treat on those. Give them some foot cream and they will be very happy for the next few miles. So I'm going to tuck in. Thanks very much. The time's now 10 to 4. I'm about half an hour later than I anticipated due to getting temporarily misplaced, taking the track across Dartmoor. I'm just about to drop down into Holm, and I'm hoping that... Uh, I'm told the, sh- the pub's closed, but hoping the village shop is open, or a cafe or something, to get some refreshments and 
warm the soul. Still a very cool breeze and I'm told it was zero degrees here last night and the forecast the same tonight which doesn't bode particularly well and I'm not too sure where I'm going to pitch up tonight actually. I know, well I'm, I think Holden's got a campsite which sort of is a bit of a cop-out on the wild camping front. I don't know, I have to consider that. It really depends how I get on and what it looks like a bit later on. Now, it's, there's a lot of these tracks. I had exactly the same problem coming over the top. There's a stone which, which uh, gives you a clear indication of the two moors ways in a particular way. And you sort of start down the track and then you see another track and you think, oh, is that it? And then you take that one and then that sort of peters out, but you see another one. So you go to that one. Anyway, I found myself about a kilometre off where I wanted or should have been. And unfortunately, the phone couldn't pick up the satellites. So I had to get out the old map and compass and confirm that I was indeed not where I should have been or I wanted to be. So thankfully, it was just a fairly straightforward divert back. Unfortunately, the ground was all disco grass, so it's real nasty stuff. So you can't move very quick on it and you have to be really careful so the poles are really useful but I soon got back on track yeah just made my way over the top really down onto this sort of stony path hoping that this will be the one that takes me to Holm very similar to Scotland actually in many respects today a lot of the walking and the landscape reminds me of the Monolia so tricky you've got to really keep your wits about you as regards where you are and uh, how the landscape has changed and stop trying to make the map fit the landscape and you have to really look at it and uh, thankfully in this particular case what helped me immensely was a couple of enclosures old stone enclosures and there was two or three of them dotted around the hillside and that uh, helped pinpoint me fairly quickly but one of those things, another half hour, I would have been in the wrong valley, which would have been most upsetting and quite tiring. Well, I'll fill you in a bit later on with whatever I decide to do. Hopefully this is the gate to the track. After arriving at Holm, I interviewed Sue Vickers, author of the Cicerone Press Guide to the Two Moors Way. Even though I refer to it in this next segment, you can hear the full interview in the next podcast. So following the conversation I had with Sue Vickers, the author of The Two Moors Way, it's thrown up a few questions regarding the effectiveness and the ability to be able to wild camp in a responsible manner between now and Lynmouth. It would appear that obviously Exmoor National Park are avidly against it and will police it accordingly. And then the 30 mile stretch between the uh, Dartmoor, which will be the end of tomorrow, and through cross country, subject to a few things really. First of all, not many services as regards pubs, shops, coffee houses or whatever on that particular route very very attractive apparently uh, across agricultural land but unlikely to see many people who can offer any services to support what i'm doing obviously 
the correct approach would be to speak to a farmer and say, can I camp on some land? But of course, the biggest problem is finding which particular farmer owns that particular land and if they're actually on your route, as opposed to living 10 or 15 miles away, which is often the case. So I think the practicalities of doing this as a wild camp experience may be slightly difficult, but I'm going to give it my best shot with a question mark over Exmoor, I think. Anyway, tomorrow, uh, if I can get out of here at a reasonable time, because, well, I'll tell you where I am in a second, I hope to camp at the last available spot I can do on Dartmoor before it hits the uh, rural network. And if the weather's reasonably good tomorrow, uh, which I believe it's going to be, it should be a fairly straightforward day and certainly probably a lot easier than today has been, uh, partly with the navigation and partly with the terrain. I did mention on a previous uh, recording that I struggled a bit today and became misplaced by about a kilometre, uh, which is easy to do on Dartmoor because it's just gentle undulating and you make one assumption after the next when you see a path and unfortunately it can end up in the wrong place, which it did for me. However, thankfully visibility was good and a compass and map work soon put me right exactly where I was. But even coming down off the hill actually into Holm it reminded me of the West Highland Way going down to Kinloch Leven, which is that tortuous, long descent which never seems to end. And it was very similar to that. Unfortunately, when you get to Scoriton and take the route advised, it brings in a heck of a climb, which is uh, not advised. Uh, <laughs> a cheeky little number. But looking at the map... It's actually a different route to the one that Sue recommends in the book. And I was referring to the map, not the book. And uh, that's where I made the mistake. So that little climb at the end, which is like a one-in-one hill, when your leg is screaming at you, adds to the joy of the moment. So I met up with Sue in the community cafe there, which is open, community cafe and shop, which looks fairly uh, well stocked. The pub, local pub, has closed. So that knocks that on the head, as it were. And because the interview took as long as it did, it obviously made sense for me to actually find somewhere to get my head down fairly soon, rather than try and yomp off across the countryside and struggle to get a decent location in good time for a wild camp. Bearing in mind, we're now talking sort of half past six, getting towards seven o'clock, and it was just too much. So in talking to the people in the shop, there's actually a campsite not far away, unfortunately down a steep hill again on the road, but it's uh, a farm that has got some shepherd's huts as well and allows camping. Camping was £7 a night and the shepherd's huts are very reasonable 40 And because of the state of my health and mental state, as it were, I just thought I'd go for some luxury. So my wild camping tonight is in a shepherd's hut, which I've got all to myself, and in fact I've got the entire campsite to myself. And that's just down the road from Holm. So hopefully they will be joining the website soon because they weren't aware of the two Moores Way development and marketing and awareness. And I think they should be because they would be an absolute lifesaver. Even if you were just camping, they've got all the facilities here and uh, and it's just perfect, really. So I've had one meal. I'm just preparing another meal. And once I've done that and sorted the stuff out, uh, I'm probably gonna just going to put my feet up and get my head down and try and get a nice, decent night's kip, ready to start tomorrow, get some breakfast into me, 
and uh, get going as early as I possibly can. But hopefully a good night's rest and some decent food and my whole approach to things will improve. As anyone knows who do long distance walking or have done something like the TGO Challenge, your mood swings can actually go up and down quite dramatically and usually rest and food are the solution. So with that in mind and my fingers crossed, I'm going to enjoy my second meal. This time it's spaghetti bolognese and uh, get my head down. So I will catch you tomorrow. Even though day two saw me safe inside the shepherd's hut on what became a sub-zero night, it was a good day's walk of almost 26 kilometers, just over 16 miles, climbing 689 meters and descending 581. Join me next time as I interview Cicerone Press author Sue Vickers about the new Two Moors Way guide, the path in general and the places it passes through, and the relaunch of this 40-year route. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorstation.co.uk.